Welcome to the Nonprofit Hub Radio Podcast, where we highlight nonprofit innovators, leaders, and influencers every week that are changing the sector for the better. I'm your host, Delaney Mullinex, Executive Director of Nonprofit Hub. If you're not for profit and all for purpose, you're in the right place. You see, we know you're already doing good, but we've designed this podcast to help nonprofit professionals find growth, joy, and connection. So tune in weekly for new episodes to elevate your cause, spread the news, and share the resources we share with you. Did you know Nonprofit Hub offers a variety of courses and certification trainings inside of their membership platform called Cause Network? All courses and certificates include a full free year of membership to access 365 days of learning and networking to further your career and to make the difference in your organization. Visit nonprofithub.org courses to see the full list of on-demand courses and sign up for a course today. That's nonprofithub.org courses. Hello, everyone. This is Delaney, your host of the Nonprofit Hub Radio podcast. In this episode, we talk about getting organized to get funded, the not-so-fun stuff in your nonprofit role. Um, But we know that over 30% of nonprofits fail within the first five years, and a lot of times that's because they don't have really good, reliable, reportable data. Um, So in this episode, we talked to Cyrus Kazi. He's been working for over 20 years with tech companies to drive social impact and is here to share more with us all about the functions of a nonprofit that provide valuable data for moving your supporters to action. He is the founder of Quantibly, if you want to check them out for more information and tools for impact reporting. But so so many areas, again, a nonprofit that, that have data that can help you with the sustainability of your organization. So people, programs and services, finance, partnerships, fundraising, governance, all of these areas have data and you can use that to do better. Cyrus, welcome to Nonprofit Hub Radio Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. We are talking about a really fun subject today. We're going to talk about data. Um, we love the the title of this episode is Get Organized to Get Funded. You have to do the unfun stuff to move your donors to action. Um, and Cyrus knows all about that. Cyrus, can you just briefly introduce yourself and the role you play in the nonprofit sector? Absolutely. Um, my name is Cyrus Kazi. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Quantably. Um, Quantably is the first platform to operationalize impact data in the nonprofit NGO space. And I have been working with not-for-profits for almost 24 years in uh, operations, program, fundraising, and in a wide variety of roles. Wonderful. What's your, um, what is your passion behind working in the nonprofit space? Oh, um, I, I like complex sectors. I think nonprofit sector is the most complex ecosystem that at least I have seen. I've worked in other, other uh, in, a, in the private sector as well. It's the combination of philanthropy, investment, supply chain, food, safety. There's so much, so much to cover under, under the nonprofit sector. And the fact that over 5 billion people depend on this sector directly or indirectly, that makes this a fascinating, fascinating uh, uh, industry. Yeah, I think all of our listeners can agree, and I agree that it is very complex. Yes. Well, your company currently works on impact data reporting, and we both know that this is crucial for nonprofits. Can you explain why it's so important and why it helps drive positive change? 
Sure, absolutely. Um, so Quantibly um, uh, is, as I said, it's, it's the first platform to operationalize the impact framework, meaning uh, when we work with not-for-profits uh, and NGOs, uh, one of the first thing that we notice is that a lot of them don't have the right tool to collect the data. And when they do collect the data, they need to sanitize and spend an extraordinary amount of time sanitizing the data, make it presentable, even before they can do the analysis and reporting. And that is an operational challenge. So we built Quantably to solve that operational problem so that you're not spending countless hours tying your fundraising dollars to your programmatic dollars to your impact report. It's done seamlessly. So it doesn't look like an additional chore for you. Um, And that's what we did under Quantably. Without data, no not-for-profit can sustain. I'm going to reiterate some statistics here that almost three out of five not-for-profits in their operations within the first five years yeah. because either they cannot fundraise, most of the time they fail to fundraise because they cannot show the impact, the, the results, the success stories of their programs and services. So we are constantly required to report data either for the state compliance, federal compliance, funder, stakeholder, but it's not just random data. You need to show that the, the invested dollars are actually generating the returns for the stakeholders. That connection is missing. And that's where kind of quantity comes in. That's why impact data is important. If you're not for profit, is doing incredible work. You want to showcase that, showcase that success to, to current and potential stakeholders and being able to also have the bird's eye view of how things are moving, how things are going within the organization. That's just smart business. Yeah, yeah. But you're right, it is often overlooked and it's it's time consuming, right? It's not the you're probably in this work for the direct service that you're giving to others. And so having to do that can be depleting of your energy. You know, it's not everyone's passion. And you know, you and I were discussing before we got started that you were in fundraising prior prior to this role. Um, how did what did data look like when you were in fundraising? Um, so I, I'm going to make the same joke, bef- but like I did before, I'm a recovering fundraiser. I, I used to fundraise. I have fundraised for um, small, large organizations, fundraised from uh, donors, foundations, philanthropies, impact capital throughout my career. And uh, this is the pre-CRM era, pre-ERP era, pre-you uh, know fundraising uh, tools era. So everything was either paper or spreadsheets. So getting that information solidified for a donor solicitation or a grant uh, proposal or even um, you know, a end of the life cycle report for, for a major donor, it was, it, was, it was difficult. It was difficult. It was unnecessarily kind of um, mundane, if you will. And, and, and you know, don't take me wrong that the process was fantastic. I mean, if you know how to handle your data, um, then this is exciting stuff. But most of the time, even today, when I talk to my fundraiser colleagues, grant writers, when they're fundraising for the organization that they work with, it is difficult for them to collect the right data because they're trying to use data to tell a story. It's not just a pile of junk data. Mm-hmm. So my experience has been that. And one of the reasons we started Quantity to make sure that organizations have the right data, the right story to tell to the stakeholders and that's what Quantibly does, that, you know, you are able to show the true success, real-time success, not just end-of-the-year kind of analysis. Um, I wish, you know, uh, something like Quantibly existed. And I want to add one more point, that the CRMs and the ERPs of the world, they're not designed to collect impact data. They're just, not to put them down, they're incredible, powerful platforms, but 
they, they are just to manage your information about your clients or customers, whatever you want to call them. They don't necessarily relate to the work that you're doing. It's just a very big glorified spreadsheet, if I may put it bluntly. Organizations, not-for-profits need something more than just a directory of information. They need to be able to connect the dots and say, this is what I'm planning to do, and this is where the money is going to execute X, Y, and Z. Right. And that's where I think Quantably excels. Yeah. I, I looked at your guys' website prior to, to meeting you today, and your platform allows um, it caters to nonprofits at different stages of their life cycle, which I really appreciated. Do you find that nonprofits, as they move from you know startup to growth, that there's, there's a, a missed transition in, the, in how they manage their data? Like, how does that look in terms of a data perspective? Oh, that's a brilliant question. And, and you're absolutely spot on. Quantably is actually a lifecycle management because a lot of organizations who come to us, they're in idea stage, they're, they're growing um, or, or in the startup mode, as we call it. Um, and they could be anywhere. And as they grow, typically what happens is a not-for-profit uh, organization goes from startup to growth because a funding just landed on their lap you know, a massive funding and suddenly everyone is scrambling to scale, but, you know, unless it's, it's, uh, um, you know, it's planned uh, strategy to grow and very few organizations do it flawlessly, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, the, the sudden expansion in people, resource, complexity of operation, that's when the, the data starts to fall through the cracks. Yeah. Uh, with Quantably, what we have been doing for the last three, four years, even longer, actually, is to help those organizations so that transition happens seamlessly. Meaning when you're a startup organization, this is the kind of data that you're collecting you need so that you go to the next phase. As you grow with your finance, your people, partnerships, and so on and so forth, suddenly we're introducing you to an impact framework because that's when you're kind of uh, starting to talk about impact. Mm -hmm. you, you have lived long enough to talk about impact, if you will. Right. And then the enterprise edition are for the philanthropies um, for big CSRs that are, they want to have a bird's eye view of all the invested dollars that they have, or even large organization with complex international programs, multiple locations, things like that. That is more of a command central, if you will, as an enterprise level to see data flo floating in from every single corner of their complex operation. And of course, everything filtered through the impact framework. So we study the life cycle and these are the three stages that, that we see of the not-for-profit uh, life cycle, essentially. Yeah, very interesting. Um, we love hearing about the stories of the nonprofits on the ground. Can you share a specific example of how impact data reporting has led to a big improvement um, or outcome for a nonprofit organization? Absolutely. Uh, you know, there are so many examples of our own client slash partners that I can talk about. The BRAC, the world's largest NGO, is our, is our client. Uh, Aboitis Foundation, largest CSR in the Philippines, that's our client, but they already get enough press. I'm going to give a little <laughs> bit of a shout out to um, the smaller organization that are in the trenches and they're doing incredible work. There's an organization called Autism Society Habilitation Organization. I'll show they're based out of New York. They focus on children with autism and their families within the South, South Asian communities in New York area. And this is an absolutely phenomenal grassroots organization trying to bring focus, navigate through stigma. And one of the biggest thing that we are doing with them is that 
Quantum is helping them organize that information, that services that are being provided to these children, their life cycle within the within the organization where they are, the services, are, are they connected to you know auxiliary services outside their network, and bringing those data to showcase the stories to New York City Council, to state government, New York, you know, and so on and so forth. I, I'm proud of their accomplishment because they have done incredible work in terms of sanitizing the data and they're looking at our impact uh, using our platform, of course, looking at their impact and they're securing more funding and they're becoming prominent and they're, they're speaking out and partnering with larger organizations. So that's a New York story. Um, another one I want to give a shout out to is the Mills of Happiness. They're uh, an incredible organization based out of India. They provide three meals to cancer patients. Uh, who are um, low income and they don't necessarily have access to ready-made food. So this organization is suddenly keeping track of the social determinants of health of cancer patients and making sure that the food is supplied to them. And Quantities is incredibly proud to be part of the journey and helping them gather the right kind of data to showcase their success. Yep. Wonderful. I think that's super. I love that they have that focus on that Asian population. I actually worked um, prior to this organization, I worked for a neuropsychological facility um, and it was, it was shocking at like the disproportion of services for minority populations, especially like Latino populations who mm-hmm. were Spanish speaking and a majority of the services in when West Michigan, um, these specialists don't have the ability to even speak their language. So how could you possibly help someone with with a complex like neuropsychological disability when you can't even speak their language um so it was that's an incredibly important cause yeah in most cities this culturally appropriate uh, language appropriate services don't even exist yeah so which is what some of those grassroots organizations are trying to change which is fantastic yeah. calling all nonprofit pros do you enjoy learning at your own pace? What about building your resume with certificates to showcase your talents? Nonprofit Hub's library of courses is the perfect place to strengthen your nonprofit skills and take your organization to the next level. You can elevate your impact with handcrafted courses designed exclusively for nonprofit pros like you. Learn to navigate grant writing like a pro. Master digital marketing and social media to amplify your cause. Build a board of directors who actually gets it. Get the scoop on nonprofit finance and more. Don't just make a difference, make the difference. Visit nonprofithub.org slash courses to see the full list of on-demand courses and sign up for a course today. That's nonprofithub.org slash courses. Now let's get back to today's show. I also loved that when you look at the different life cycle options that you offer to nonprofits, there's like a list of um, types of data that, that the platform collects and I loved how that was broken down because I think often there are specific functions of a nonprofit that aren't necessarily being used in a data perspective. So like your list is people, programs and services, settings, finance, partnerships, fundraising, governance. What what to you is the most common function of a nonprofit that has bad data? Oh, um, I can name three. Uh, One is programs and services, um, finance and fundraising. Often this platform, there, there are point solutions, three different solutions that are, you know, employees are using, they don't talk to each other, right? So that's the first part. And when we 
studied the sector, we realized that they are very, very connected. They, they should not be separated for decision-making purposes, for coordination of resources. So programs and services and finance and fundraising is the three tools where there's a tremendous amount of bad data. The, the second part I want to kind of address in terms of bad data is that a lot of organizations think that creating a form and just entering the data uh, should suffice. It's actually that that's the wrong way to go about it. You need to set up the, the framework, what information you're collecting and what you plan to you know, use it for, and then tie it to the fundraising, to the finance, and so on and so forth. So there is a bit of a um, capacity building aspect that we mm-hmm. have built into Quantably, where organizations are kind of nudged to do the best practices, if you will, in terms of collecting the good data, better data. So um, all the other platforms you have seen, all the organizations that we talk to, they have used other CRMs and ERPs and spreadsheets, and they all talk about, yeah, you know, no one is flagging that if uh, uh, someone doesn't enter a case note for five days, but your platform is doing that, right? So, or or if an, if an expense was sudden and unauthorized, no, the system isn't flagging it and sending it to the budget director. And how do we know this is uh, this is not money being wasted? So some of the information is lost often in the segmented system. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, once a nonprofit collects all of this data, I think one of the one of the major pitfalls of data collection is the fact that nothing is done with it. So what are ways that nonprofits often overlook the use of data? And like, can you provide some specific examples as to how you use it once you have it. Sure. So you're absolutely right. I, I want to say having worked with nonprofits, NGOs in 25 plus countries, I think about 75% of the data that not-for-profits collect is overlooked. Mm-hmm. They only use the pertinent data for either annual reports or, or audits or just a annual solicitation. Right. But it doesn't have to be that way. There's so much information that you can actually extrapolate and make good decisions in terms of resource allocation, for example, right? So if you have one good example is that one of the features that Quantably has is that if you're providing services to, let's say, 300 zip codes within New York City area or any any place in the world, suddenly uh, you can use our, our GIS mapping tool and see the geographic heat distribution of your clients, mm-hmm. giving you insights into where the service needs are and the trends are and the demographic of, of that need. Right now, there are not many tools that are available where you can actually automate that process. You have to download in CSV and upload it into some other platform. And if you're not data savvy, then sorry, you can't really view that data. Mm -hmm. So that's an overlooked data because when you're talking to a donor and the donor says, where's your service area? Where's your catchment area? This is information at your fingertips, right? And then it tells you that you're you're making data-driven, evidence-based decision-making. You're not just randomly saying that, oh, there is a need, but need needs to be supported by information. Yeah, So that's one, I think, a big overlooked data. Another part that we often see is the um, when people donate to not-for-profits most of the time, and this applies for philanthropists too, they wait for end of the quarter, end of the year report to see where that money is being invested. Mm. A lot of time that visibility doesn't exist. Quantably changes all of that. It builds that transparency because every single data point is real time. And we strongly believe that if you're a not-for-profit and if your information is transparent, you are going to attract funding. You are going to show your efficiency and successes. So I think a lot of not-for-profit executives overlook 
the importance of real-time accurate information. And I think that is a very, very powerful tool. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, I think that that power of knowing that that geographic service area is is really important. Like the, the neuropsychological facility that I mentioned before mm-hmm. didn't really have a tool that could accurately detect like where a majority of our clients were coming from when when the company right. wanted to open another satellite clinic. And so, yeah, I mean, just imagine like having that that data like right at your fingertips, which is fantastic. We tested it out during the pandemic lockdown. Uh, a lot of our not-for-profit NGOs were still providing services and they used Quantably when the whole world was shut down, they were looking at this geographic data and figuring out which service area needs food, which service area needs medicine and so on and so forth. And they're coordinating resources based on that information. Yeah, great. I know that you kind of shared a little bit, but um, like looking back on on like the lifetime of your work in the nonprofit sector, um, were there any like inspiring moments in your work in impact data reporting that you want to share? Oh, um, there are so many. I uh, Years ago, I was part of New York City's uh, data task force that was trying to reform New York City's child welfare system, the, the foster care system. At that time, there were 50 plus thousand kids in the foster care and the system uh, was the largest in the country with almost five, six billion dollars in budget. Wow. And with data, with impact data, we were able to change and reform the New York City's system um, and, and now it is called the Improved Outcomes for Children, IOC, and that became a national standard. But it was very data-driven, evidence-based. And because of that, the foster care system went from 50,000-plus kids to less than 20,000 in a few years. Wow. So that the services that were done, the policies, procedures, all based on impact data before, you know, none of this was being collected. So this is prior, before Quantably. But in terms of Quantably, and by the way, this this IOC work actually inspired us to do Quantably as well. There's a big influence on Quantably's inception. Um, and in terms of Quantably, I, I want to say that there are organizations within our system. Um, one organization I want to mention is a disability organization in New York. They're probably the first disability organization in New York. And they, uh, before Quantably, they are looking at impact and they're serving about five to 10,000 people with disabilities in New York City, New York State rather, and with Quantably, with the impact data, they were able to expand their funding to more than more than ten million dollars, and and you know increase their capacity to fifty plus thousand people in in New York City. And that is an in, being able to use impact data to attract funding to to expand your services and partnership. That is an incredible story, and and they're providing such critical services to people with disabilities that every time I talk about it, it just it just it's an amazing success story for us. Yeah, those are great stories. So, are you located in New York? We are located in New York. Yeah. We're headquartered in New York. Great. Um, do you serve nonprofits from across the U.S. and abroad? Currently, uh, Quantably is being used by not-for-profits and NGOs in 47 countries, but oh. New York is our hometown. So, yes, across the country, we have organizations in you know coast to coast. Wonderful. Where can people find you if they want to learn more? You can find us at Quantibly, Q-U-A-N-T-I-B-L-Y.com, or you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Wonderful. Yes. And we'll share all that in the podcast episode notes. So you guys have quick and easy access um, to learn more from Cyrus um, and the organization that is doing such good work. We always try to include a segment at the end called Good News for Nonprofits. Um, What is some good news that you can share with our listeners today? 
I am super excited to share a couple of exciting news. Um, I know everyone loves uh, the AI uh, and chat GPT oh, and yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah. um, Quarterly, uh, we have been testing out an AI model since 2019. We've been building it since 2019 to introduce AI, a closed generative AI, um, to help not-for-profits write grant proposals, write complex government reports to uh, generate um, stakeholder reports and so on and so forth. And I'm talking about our AI using the data within Quantably, writing a federal government report that takes about six to eight weeks to write, wow. writing that in 30 seconds. And it's a 90-page federal government report that takes two months to write, and suddenly in 30 seconds, and it's done, of course, and then you have the ability to, to edit. So it adds tremendous value to the to the administrative aspect of things automating fundraising and, and, you know, making sure that uh, you don't forget that our AI is going to remind you that don't forget to send this acknowledgement letter to your donor or things like that. You know, yeah. a lot of times that, that falls through the cracks. Mm -hmm. That's one thing we're uh, working on. The other aspect is that our AI looking at the data is going to be a predictive model. Uh, being able to say there is a 40% chance of an employment crisis in so on and so place or a health outbreak about to happen that forecasting ability does not exist. Imagine being able to have the uh, power to kind of see what's coming down the pike for a not-for-profit to be able to say, okay, we have a crisis response here or we need to pivot in so on and so areas. So that's what our AI is doing. We're going to release soon. But in the meantime, you're more than, you know, all not-for-profits who are listening in, you're more than welcome to connect with us and see what our AI can do for you. Yeah, that's incredible. I'm super excited to see how that that AI function comes to life, especially for those those grant reports. That's that would be such an incredible resource for nonprofits. I know that's so time consuming. I don't have a ton of experience in grants, but I know that they take. <laughs> I think I've done like one grant in my lifetime, and it took at least <laughs> at least three days to like fulfill the requirements on like what was required of us. So. Um, the grant writers and the fundraisers are loving the fact that it pulls in the actual data. They don't have to go knock on every door and say, can you give me data for my grants? So it's all automated. They're loving the fact that they're, they're much more efficient with their. Yeah. Especially like complex requests. Um, for instance, I've had a request one time for an econ economic impact study. Um, <laughs> and I'm fun. like, wow, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, that's a lot, but you know, I'll do my best. So yeah, that's excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Cyrus. It was a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for having me in Nonprofit Hub. Really appreciate it. All right. We'll talk to you guys next week on the next episode of the Nonprofit Hub Radio Podcast. Talk to you later. Thanks for joining us for this Nonprofit Hub Radio podcast episode. For more resources on fundraising, marketing, and all things nonprofit, be sure to check out the number one nonprofit toolbox at nonprofithub.org. We hope you'll join us next week for another episode of the Nonprofit Hub Radio podcast. Mm -hmm.